Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I could teach anybody how to embrace their sexuality without showing my skin or even talking like that. But yes, we have to understand. So when we were talking about like pop your throat pussy earlier... I was telling, you know, I tell people like your throat resembles the inside of our vagina. And so your throat is the second thing that gives birth and you're constantly giving birth. Mm. So whenever you're casting spells over your life, um, you're giving birth to what you want in your world. So that's sexuality. You know, sacral energy is not only just like how you use your vagina. It's also how you're able to manifest. Create. Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day, bitches. You guys, we're in Atlanta right now. We're at the Essie Content House. Our girl, Samaya, a.k.a. Sexual Essentials, a.k.a. Boss Ass Bitch, who has a content house in Atlanta. So if you're on YouTube right now, make sure you go check out the Essie Content House. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe because... I always tell y'all, but we always look really fine. You put on makeup. And today my titties are out because I always have the titties out for Samaya. And she is happy. She's here right now. She's actually sitting behind the cameras looking like she's watching Netflix, watching this episode. She might be watching porn from this position. <laughs> she's looking very comfortable. <laughs> she has a dad hat on, a blanket, <laughs> and eye crust boogers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blast my friend. Don't blast but my I friend. I still brought some titties out for y'all. So if you're on YouTube right now, make sure you go check us out. <laughs> Every time I think of Atlanta, I always think, welcome to Atlanta where the play is play. But I'm just not like a player anymore. I got here and I was like, let me call my hoes. And I was like, I'm not a player no more because I have zero hoes. I barely have any friends. I only have two friends. I was like, I'm going to go spend time with all my friends. I'm going to go early. And then I got here. I started looking through my phone. Well, then you realize you can't, the, the hoes are not your friends. You can't call them anymore. Yeah, I realized that. Because as soon yeah. as I was like trying to hit up people, he was like, can I eat your pussy? I was like, no, nigga. No. <laughs> I was just trying to get a free dinner. But no, now I can't even do that, you stupid fuck. <laughs> just kidding. Are you allowed to get free dinners still? Is that like, is that a... I didn't. You I, and Orlando have like an agreement that both of you guys can get free dinners. I didn't ask. Um, you usually don't ask. You don't ask if you want if you want it to be a yes. You just do it, and then, then you, you just are you just and you just get in trouble later, or you don't. Talk. I wasn't gonna get in trouble because it was just gonna be a free meal. It wasn't gonna be like a head giving session. So I, that's why I couldn't even get the meal because 
I cut it because I'm an adult now. <laughs> I'm a 35-year-old retired semi-ho. <laughs> Not a full-time ho. Just a hoe for your man. Just a hoe for my man, which is, you know, it's working out very well. I'm doing a lot of hoe shit over there. I might be like the biggest hoe of my my lifetime just in my relationship. I love that for you. Thanks. Doing a lot of hoe shit at my house in every crevice. Mm. <laughs> I'll make note of that when I'm sitting on the couch. You already knew that, girl. I know, but like wiping down things. First of all, Lysoling. who is having sex at their own house thinking about, like, let me last all this for my guests come over? Well, I mean, I'm a squirter, so I'd be, I'm, I'd be thinking about this type of shit. So I do you all your shit? I mean, if I'm squirt on some shit by accident, I'm gonna clean it up. I, I mean, don't... me too. I hope everybody is cleaning up their after. Their I don't after think juices. they are. And if you're listening right now, bitch, please clean up. Wash the, the covers of your couch if you squirted on your couch because you didn't make it to the bed, bitch. Well, there's certain things, yeah, like I'll lay out stuff and there's things that have covers that are removable to be washed just for this purpose. I would hate for everyone to come over and just like be laying down and be like, is that your mouse pussy? <laughs> I, th- I think I... I think I smelled your mouth. I mean, it might make you come back more. You know what I'm saying? Well, we did have that episode with shampoo drum, pussy perfume. Oh, yeah. What did she say? That's, oh, like when you're yeah. ovulating? You're ovulating. You put your pussy. You're you put, ovulating juices. You, you put your finger inside your pussy and then you put it on like behind your ears. And then and it'll your neck, draw all. Everywhere you put perfume. Like before an important meeting. I you're fucking forgot about this. This is a life hack. Mm-hmm. Not going to use that. But you know what? I really did notice, I guess maybe because I'm in partnership, that when I'm ovulating, I'm like, you are really going in right now. It's like it's like a, like a pheromone that you put out that mm. the niggas can't resist. Mm. You're just supposed to be getting pregnant. Whoa. I mean, that's what our bodies are meant for, procreation. So just on a scientific level, not that anyone's getting pregnant. Birth control. Please clean your pussy juice off your couch. Especially if you're like me, because I'm a... Wet, wet pussy juicer. And Erica's a squirter. I haven't gotten my pussy juices to squirt yet, but it's coming soon. I thought you squirted once. Once, just one time. What one. was the what was like the magic thing that unlocked it? Just, what, did you like notice like yourself getting out of your mind, getting out of your way? Was there like some sort of sensation? Was it like fingers? Was it I was penetration? Like, I was like standing on the side of the bathroom counter. And yeah, I was out of my mind and out of my way. It was like one of those like staycations we did with Ashley in one of those mansion houses mm. that we so often do because we're fucking classy bitches. But yeah, I was just like, Psh. so that was nice. But I haven't quite, I haven't ever gone back. It's never happened again. No. So I'm sorry. Maybe when I'm done with tantra school, I'll hit another, unlock another level. <laughs> um, anything going on new? Anything you want to share with the people? It's almost my birthday. Hey. It's, it's, a, it's what is this witchy magic? Make your magic October. Make, make your own magic October. Was that is that it? Yeah. Oh, make your own magic October. <laughs> so October is my favorite month of the year for many reasons. Obviously, it's because a queen priestess badass bitch was born, aka Amy. And then also because it's Halloween, and that's also my favorite holiday because me and you and our friends and our kids get really crazy. We've been playing Halloween outfits for like. 10 months. Also, I feel like the weather is really good around this time. It's like getting a little cold, but there's still like those hot days, random hot days. Usually on Halloween is like when the weather switches. It's like that day when all the bitches are dressed like hoochies. It's freezing. It's true. In LA, it's like it's hot, 98 degrees. And then the day of Halloween when you want to wear nothing, it's like, surprise, bitch. <laughs> it's snowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then you're, all, you're, and then you're, I'm really trying to wear like my leathers and my plaids and it just doesn't work. I'm just sweating and looking cute. Um, also our live show. 
You guys, if you have not gotten tickets for our live show, it is a very special live show because A, it's in LA and it's kicking off our tour and B, it's my wife's motherfucking birthday. So we're going to be turnt, turnt with a capital T. <laughs> what do the kids say? Turnt up. No, that's not what the kids are saying. Whatever, but that's what we're going to be doing, okay? It's going to be lots of tequila. <laughs> Samaya, shut up. <laughs> There's going to be lots of debauchery, lots lots of titties, and we really encourage you to come with your hoochie gear on because we don't want to be the only bitches with hoochie gear on. Yes, October 21st at the Terry Graham Ballroom. It's Confessions of a Good Mom, and we are still waiting for more people to call in and leave their confessions on our hotline. Can we dress like nuns? Whoa. Is that too much? Like hoochie nuns? Because it's confessions. Or only the priests take the confessions. They could, yeah. That'd yeah. be kind of cool, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if the Christians are going to love that, but... It's Catholic. Okay, same. Are the Christians Catholic? The Christians believe in the nuns? It's a umbrella. It's a umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. It's a umbrella. It's a umbrella. <laughs> um, also, this month, this month of October is also very special because there's a Friday the 13th. I love it. I love it. I'm like, I can't wait to wear black that day. It's going to be dark witchy energy. Yes, which is so appropriate for our guest today because we have a very special guest today who is very, very focused on the darkness. <laughs> is she? <laughs> she is. She's, she's focused on it, I guess, yeah. I think people get, um, people get scared of the darkness, but we're all made up of darkness and light. There's balance that has to happen. So, you know, Erica and I are really with the dark shit, but not everybody is, especially black people. I think black people be getting really scared where you'd be talking, ah, I'm with that devil shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but it's not really devil shit. I mean, we all have a little devil in us, right? Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Christians, come back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't turn off the radio. <laughs> Um, today we have a very special guest. We're here in Atlanta and we've been really wanting this person to come on our show for a very long time. So we're very, very excited to have Tatiana, the trap witch. What's up? Oh, wait, hold on. Your mic is so far. I know. He put it so far away from me. Is it supposed to be that far? Yeah. He said that I could project my voice oh, into it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I could project my voice into it. I could pop my throat pussy for you guys. This is a pop that throat pussy queen. So The feminine liberator, the trap witch, the mindset coach. I love, I would just love all of your, I just love your whole page. Thank you. It's like a, a walking meme of just like, yes, yes. I need to reshare this. I need to reshare that. It's just like so much duality. I love duality. I love people who are mm. confident and living in lots of spaces at one time and you like really really hit that shit on the the nose i just did a class on that i called it the unbound priestess and i focused really on as spiritual women we are allowed to be multifaceted and so many people don't want us to be multifaceted as women they don't want us to be smart they don't want us to be a hoe they don't want us to be confident they, you know it's like we have to pick one thing so my spiritual journey has all about being a multifaceted goddess and encouraging women, especially to be just that too. Preach. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told you it was church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holla back. I'm not bad. I was going to say same. That's a lot of what our uh, platform was created in, like just being able to be uh, a multitude of things and like be in your face about it and, and, and kick down doors and say, here we are, bitches. And all of our wholeness, you know, there's so many 
I don't know why society thinks that we have to be one thing. Like if you're a writer, you can only write. If you're smart, you can't be a hoe. You can't, well, no such thing as a smart hoe. <laughs> well, it makes you, like what I said in my class recently is it makes you controllable. People like predictability. Mm. They think that when they can't predict you, that that you're a threat. So um, one of the points I made in my class the other day was like, we don't look at the moon and be like, Bitch, you're such a fake bitch. You show us every face every three, four days. Because, like, we really and truly only see one side of the moon, yet we give the moon permission to change every few days. And we don't call her fake. But as, like, women and as people, as a shape, being shapeshifters, people are like, no, but you were this today. Mm. Why are you this tomorrow when we have so many layers to us? Mm. I love that. That's so true. It's so true that we are often pigeonholed into like how we've shown up. And I think even Mila and I creating the space of our retreat business is one of the reasons is because as women, like we, even our, in our own friend circles, people like to pigeonhole you like, Hey, I, I know you as this person. Why are you showing up as this person? So when you kind of are able to kind of isolate yourself and go off as kind of a lone wolf, which essentially is what these women do when they come to our retreats. Cause some of them are, most of them are coming alone. They're really able to they give themselves permission to shape shift. Like they finally have the ability to do that in peace without judgment because their best friend isn't there who knows them from what, however long or their partner or their husband. And that's really where the transformation comes. Mm -hmm. That's really where the magic comes when you're able to really tap into all the different sides of, of that, of who you are, the dark, the light. And you can't have one without the other. You, you literally cannot have the dark without the light, the bad, the good without the bad. And, you know, I think people think that the the dark, when we talk about even dark feminine, which we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode, but when they when we think about the dark feminine or the darkness, we always think of it as a negative. Mm -hmm. And really there's so much power in the dark. There's so much birthing in the dark. I mean, we are created in the dark, in the dark of our mother's wombs. That's really where creation is birthed. And um I just wish, I just, if you're listening to this, don't be afraid of the dark, baby. Don't. It saved my life. Yeah. I tell people all the time, my brand, The Trap Witch, was birthed from a time where as an empath, I was tired of being a good girl that got walked on. Mm. And so I channeled these parts of my shadow. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. I was channeling these parts of my shadow to help me. I'm like, please, calling out to parts of myself to help me gain boundaries to advocate for myself. And so a lot of my work now is the balance between teaching people about empathy, but also channeling the healthy parts of your ego. And mm. even when we're going back to like being multifaceted, people want to pigeonhole you into how you express as well. Like, God forbid you're empathetic. They don't want you to use your ego when it is necessary. Or, you know, there's times when I am aggressive, but then there's times I'm apathetic and I don't give a fuck. So people don't even want you to shape shift with how you show up and advocate for yourself that, you know, like with the, let's say you're the strong friend. They always just want you to be that empathetic, strong friend with no boundaries. And so a lot of times, even when we're just looking to channel some of our darkest, most, pe most people's darkness comes from the parts of themselves that they're afraid to embody mm. or the parts of themselves that they feel like they're going to lose everything if they finally tap into when most of the times that's when you gain all your wholeness and then you gain the people that are aligned for you and the things that are aligned for you. Yes, it's so true. I mean, you can't you can't really access your whole self without accessing the darkness. And by ignoring it, 
ignoring it and avoiding it, you are kind of like, you are avoiding the work that needs to be done to be able to, to pull up and show yourself and make real friends and make real relationships. Because if you're only functioning in one side of yourself, then people are only knowing one side of you. And so it's- That's, that's a level of spiritual bypassing. You know right. what I mean? And I tell people all the time, all shadow workers can be light workers, but not all light workers can be shadow workers. Mm. So until you tap into that shadow, there's only so much light that you can attract to you. And you're going to continue to repeat the same lessons over and over. I think that the word shadow work is obviously something that if you're listening, you've seen on Instagram or maybe you know what it means. But I'm curious to you, like, can you define what you view as shadow work? To me, shadow work is all the work that needs to be done when it comes to overcoming your own stigmas, overcoming your own traumas, overcoming the parts of yourself that you're afraid to embody to get to your highest. Again, it's like, in general, people are very avoidant. People don't want to do the work. So to get to everything that you need to do, you have to be willing to go to your subconscious layers and ask, my, ask yourself, like, why do I do the things that I do? And even for good people, like I have good people come to me all the time. They're like, I'm such a good person. Why is it that I attract these things? That's because you have no boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, even good people's karma is to at times attract people that are there to teach them those parts of themselves. So that would be the shadow work for that type of person where it'd be like, okay, why are you afraid to be aggressive? Why are you afraid to advocate for yourself? Why are you afraid to be, to have a bit of an ego? You know, cause like when we talk, we get into spiritual talk, a lot of people are like, kill the ego, kill the ego. I don't believe in that. I believe in integrating the ego. Mm. You know, there's, there's parts of the ego that, uh, is for your defense and for your confidence, but there's parts that are very self-centered. But again, we are the center, right? We are the center of our story. So we have to know how to tap into when that should be the highest value to protect ourselves. So a lot of, for me, shadow work is really anything for you. That's something that's a stigma for you. That's avoiding you from evolving from your highest self and, and, and all the abundance that's for you. And that's, that can vary from person to person. Mm. I love that. And I think like everybody has, everybody's soul comes here with a purpose mm -hmm. and we we're here to learn a lesson. And, you know, and like, if you're avoiding the lesson, then you'll have to redo it in the next lifetime. Like that's one of my beliefs. And so I think sometimes by avoiding the shadow work, you, you bound yourself to like be doing the same shit over and over again. And I think also people, people are so reluctant to say like, what is my like con contribution to this cycle? So like if I'm attracting a certain type of guy or certain types of friends and it's like, but I'm such a good person. It's like, yeah, you might be a good person. But like you said, it's like there are some things that you need to dig deeper in to figure out why it is that this is something that you are continuously finding yourself in, especially because I think all relationships are reflections of ourselves, you know? It's about, it's about cultivating, you know, spiritual discernment and protection. And again, I tell people all the time, because, you know, as times as women, especially, like, we don't want to take accountability too. Like, there's ton, tons of times where I, I hold men accountable. I just hold people accountable. And there's been times I've talked about things and women are like deflecting and blaming. And I'm like, so what it sounds like is by all means, you've gone through things, 
But until you take accountability for the parts that you do play in certain cycles, you're forever going to be a victim. Mm. And so I said, I don't believe in like the bootstrapping method where it's like just resilience and stop being a victim. No, like the armor of God and spiritual discernment. This is the way I describe it. It's like, yeah, you went through a scenario where you're walking through a minefield barefooted and you got your left foot blown off. Let's not make that happen again. Let me teach you how to put on some shoes, how to navigate a minefield so you can keep your other foot. So a lot of times people want to deflect and they want to blame and take no responsibility for how they have to show up. Because again, there's parts of people that they think that like, they're weak. Like I used to be that bitch. Like I used to be so in victim. It's everybody's fault and take no accountability. And now I can come to myself and to my, to my spirit guides daily and be like, okay, this happened. What part do I play in it? What part do they play on it? And what do I do now? A lot of people are just walking around with so much repressed shit. Mm. So by the time it gets really bad, it's usually spirit bringing everything to the surface to be like, bitch, playtime is over. Mm -hmm. And I had to go through that point in my life where spirit was like, bitch, playtime is over. Mm. Yeah, that discriminative awareness. I like. Yeah. I learned this word recently. Discriminative awareness like from Tantra, and it's literally like it took me. A, I, they kept saying it, and I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about until finally I realized it's like, I think sometimes we're taught that, um, you know, like you're not above anyone. You know, we're all human and we're all equal, and this is true. But like everyone does not um, deserve to be in your energy field all the time. And like, some people would say like, oh, that's ego, but it's like, no, it's just truth. You know, everyone's at a different level of lessons. And sometimes if you pour too deeply into someone who's not where you're at, you are going to inevitably drain yourself of the energy that is supposed to be yours. And so like the, the part about like the fire element is like discriminative awareness is that like everybody's not where you're, I'm at. And because I'm protective of my energy, I'm going to discriminate against some motherfuckers because you are not on my level, nigga. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that is okay. In fact, that is my right in this, in, 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 in my right and my purpose in this realm to be aware and also discriminate against some people because I recognize that you still have some lessons to go and it's not my responsibility to bring you up here you know and sometimes it's 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 hurts and that's another thing about like your fire element it's like attachment obviously like we're humans and we're supposed to be connected and you know inevitably we we come into the world with other people, you know, you're birthed through a womb, but you know, and there's also healthy attachment, but there's a lot of negative and unhealthy attachment. And we are bind bound by it, especially women because we are nurturers and because we want to love and we want to pour into, and then we, we get clouded about who we need to be attached to and when it's time to cut those attachments off. And so like that, you know, I'm not one of those people for sure. I've been one of those people. And so I'm just really like, I'm grateful for this conversation because I think that is something a lot of women struggle with is like, I love this person. I care about this person, even in family situations, but you know, it's like if someone is drowning you or hurting you and the attachment is no longer healthy, you have to have discriminative awareness and cut that shit off. Do you and know what limerence is? No. Okay, so I learned this term on TikTok that limerence, like a lot of women right now are suffering from limerence, like limerence, limerence like love obsession. Mm. And there's a lot of predatory content in the past six, seven years that's been put on the internet between tarot readings, twin flames, soulmate, karmic, and, and, and women are literally becoming even more obsessive because now we have, you know, these things coming out. We have 
the capability to watch people that were obsessed with through the internet. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like when you came out, I was like, man, I see a little bit of Joe in myself and how I used to be, because this is how as women, we operate now at times where women get so obsessed and hyper fixated and attached that they're, you know, stalking. And I always tell people all the time, I, I made a post probably like three years ago and women came for me. I was like, bitch, I don't give a fuck. I said, women can be predators too. Mm. And I was like, y'all bitches got to take accountability that when your dark feminine energy is not integrated at high levels, you can become the most succubus, manipulative, stalking ass bitch. And I know that because I've been there before. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been there before. Like I take, I take accountability for my shit. You know, I like ran through an apartment gate and left the letter under his door because he wasn't answering my text messages. <laughs> and he's like, you don't think that's a bit much? I was like, no, you weren't answering, you know, and it's the truth. So yeah, people have to have that spiritual discernment. And a lot of the women that I work with, again, we are in the lack, we are in the scarcity. So that attachment is hard to cut because they don't, they're not aware of how infinite they are because of self-worth issues. And to even what you were saying about moving purposefully. Yes. The more I feel spiritual you get, the more funny moving bitch you gotta be. I I, mm. I, I I admitted this the other day, I was like, I am a funny moving bitch. <laughs> and that really pisses people off sometimes because they're like, she's so calculated, I have to be. When you get really aware of your energy, most successful people are strategic with their energy. So I can't afford to waste time to be in cycles longer, whatever. So, so yeah, you can afford to be a funny moving bitch because so many women are not cognizant at times of what they're giving access to their energy. And so I really advocate for women being more mindful, not creating these attachments and knowing that you have to take accountability for your part. And a lot of women don't, for that limmer and shit, they'd be like, what do you mean? Like... Well, the, the limerence, <laughs> look at me learning a new word, the limerence shit, <laughs> limerence shit is, it's, it's fucked up because we are born into a society that places, um, that places our value and our worth in like very, in like entanglement with our relationship status. I'm, I'm about to go in on that in a second. So we, we, we're born into this yeah. society where if you come out, you know, you come out, you turn three and they turn on the fucking Disney movies and there's a Prince Charming and this yeah. bitch is running off into the sun on a fucking fucking chariot, you know? And then you're like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to have a man, check. I'm supposed to get a finished school, check. I'm a house, picket fence and have babies, boom. You know, and like, if it doesn't go in that order, then you're like, you're steady um, examining, like what's wrong with me? Instead of being like, oh, I'm fine. I'm perfectly good. But these, you know, a lot of these men have some some vibration raising to do. And until you do that, I'm not gonna lower mine, you know? And so our worth is so tied into our relationship status and our marital status is that like our self-worth is, frankly confused and so we become obsessed with companionship and relationship status and even become you know like you're online looking at relationships like i was miala's <laughs> and i'm like obsessed you know like oh like that looks i want that i want that because it looks a certain way but the truth is is like as i think as we become spiritually sharper those the tests will come at a higher rate and it will become harder to like just like back in like when I used to be a Christian 
And there was a part where they were like, God will test you. Now that you're Jesus's child, the devil will test you to see if you're really, and like, okay, this is like, and in, but in reality, as you become spiritually sharper, there will be tests because it's testing your understanding of your self-worth. It's testing if you really are devo in, your devotion, to your, your devotion to yourself, to your faith, you know, and the, your alignment with yourself and your self-worth. And so sometimes it will be a fine ass, smooth talking, kind of seems smart, but maybe you're not that smart man that, that will <laughs> dig you down and bring you in because everybody knows the womb is the easy way and you like fucking raw and then you're confused and then you're like oh actually actually no i can't help him i can't save him no bitch you cannot you have to only save yourself but a part of our nature and a part of our socialization is that we are supposed to be coupled or we are supposed to be you know uh saved in ways by this like divine masculine and sometimes the test is in sharpening your skills and the sharpening of your skills is like do you love yourself enough to have discriminative awareness and so i just i feel like the higher you get in your spiritual practice and your self-worth because i think those are one and the same you will have tests and a lot of times they do come in the forms of love because that is something that for women is easy to tempt us with because of how we're socialized. And I also believe the more you're in alignment with yourself and the more you are practicing discriminative awareness and you're cutting off people and being a funny acting bitch, but not really a funny acting bitch, it's like you are going to be constantly tested with your alignment to see if you're ready to go to the next level. And I think sometimes it's like, it's in cutting off the fat that you get to graduate to the next level because you're showing the universe, you're showing spirit that, oh no, I really know my worth. I really know who the fuck I am. And it's not depending on a relationship or a person. And it's not like, and it's about me. It's not about me saving somebody else, you know? And I think that's difficult too, because as, again, we're, we're teachers and, and we're, and we're mothers and that's what we do. We teach and we love and we pour into, but it's like, you have to know when, when it's the right person or people to do that for. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with all, everything you said, but I also, I also am thinking about limerence and you were, I think what you said about that too, is that like in the age of social media, like we are looking on Instagram and um, like, ingesting all these different um pictures of what love is supposed to look like and even even memes i think about some of the like the the things that i come across on my algorithm and i'm like are, why are you attacking me <laughs> or like and and like but also knowing like it's either they're speaking to exactly how I feel and then I want to reshare that or they're attacking me and then I'm like, I feel insecure about this. This is how I feel. Should I leave him or should I, you know what I mean? And then, or like, oh yes, this is what love is supposed to be like. And just how the internet really, I think, makes it such a tricky place to feel secure in your spiritual spirituality especially if you don't have like a foundation and a grounding in it and especially if you don't have a a, a grounding in your self-love and, and self-awareness you can see these memes and start to dictate your life based on Absolutely. what these things are what these th like what's being fed to you i've literally seen things that have pissed me like <laughs> I'm triggered now and now I'm mad at you because I saw this shit and this, I wasn't even mad at you 10 minutes ago, but now I'm reminded of some dumbass shit that you did. And now I'm questioning my self-worth and whether I should be with you. And like, and then like, so 
I don't know if that's it, how limerence also works. It, but. It, it does work like that, too. And, you know, I think we have to be so careful because, like, again, I think that there's so much predatory content out there right now, even down to, like, relationship podcasts and people who are positioning themselves as relationship gurus. Like, I'm going to be transparent. Like, do I think every woman should listen to Shira Seven? No, some of the advice that she gives is kind of like sex work advice. And I'd be telling people like, not every bitch is built for that. So we have to have as individuals a really strong internal compass. Even for me, there are certain femininity coaches that are on the internet and what they would position as femininity. I could never follow that advice because I'm very in tune with what my, not only who I am as an individual and my, my makeup, but also what my mission is. Like for me, I'm not a traditionally feminine woman according to certain femininity coaches because I have to be very masculine in nature, not only to protect myself, but to protect my community and my women and my army coming behind me. So I think it's really important for people when they're on the internet and they're taking advice or they're taking things in Firstly, ask, like, does this really apply to me? Like, what's my internal compass set up? Like, does this apply to me? Should I take this advice? Because again, this is how cults get started. You know what I mean? Like, this is how fucking cults get started. You know, cults and people going off their path. You know, I, I when I did my Unbound Priestess class the other day, I was like, quite honestly, I don't listen to a lot of male spiritual leaders in the black community because mm. if I'm going to listen to these men, they're going to leave me to fucking hell because <laughs> what they would say is a respectable woman. I'm not that bitch. You know, I'm not going to be a bitch that's positioned next to a Dr. Umar or a 19 Keys. I'd be, you know what I'm saying? I'd be more like Keisha Kaiwar and with like, you know what I'm saying? Um, like WAP. So again, I think when we're taking in things, do not take everything as doctrine. You have to learn how to take the meat and throw away the bones. But a lot of people don't know how to fucking think for themselves. And that's true. Like that's, you're speaking on something so like, hitting it on the nose about like what is your position in this field Period. and it's like you yay yes you have to know yourself but like like you said yeah there's a lot of motherfuckers a lot of black male leaders that yeah we're not you're we're not going to get along and we've had some of those people on our show and i'm like i can listen to it with a grain of salt but i also know a lot of those i don't want to like generalize but a lot of these male leaders do not respect the female spiritualists and leaders in the same right. Especially if they look like us. And I said this the other day, you know why? This is gonna blow your mind. It came to me the other day. The same shit that they've done to women where they're like, you're misrepresenting God. You're a spiritual woman. You're misrepresenting, like when Kiki Palmer came out with this stuff recently and they're like, he's, she's misrepresenting him. I was like, why is there always so much pressure put on women on how we represent men? Why aren't we having this conversation about how they fucking represent us? We're not having as many conversations. And some of this indoctrination comes from the what we've put on women and what a spiritual woman should be, how you represent God. And then we put it in the in the spiritual community with these men. You guys aren't worthy to be representatives next to us. And I was just like, but who says I even want to sit next to that type of men? But again, certain women are literally changing who they are so they can take a seat next to these men. And that's not even who's really for them sometimes. Right. Yeah. Like just because I'm not wearing a head wrap and, and I'm not buttoned up to the fucking top button and I'm wearing a kitten fucking heel doesn't mean that I'm not, not a kitten heel. I, I fucking hate kitten heels. I fucking hate them. Well, you know, the one thing I came to the realization and I said this the other day because 
You know, I, I, I get, I'm going to say I get tested. I'm not going to say I get attacked. I get tested from many different sides because I'm truly an intersectionalist. Like I'm biracial. I'm a witch. I'm a former sex worker. Like when you put all that in the pot, it's like, why wouldn't you get attacked, bitch? Because you represent so many intersections that are taboo for people to talk about. But what I said the other day was, and I just had a brain fart, but what we were saying about the kitten heel. Okay. Dark feminine. I'm back. Like I went an ADHD thing for a minute. So what I realized is for me, sometimes I get attacked because I'm too much of a feminist for, for men that don't want me to be empowered. And I'm too much of a misogynist for certain women because I'm too sexual. And mm. so what I realized recently is that there's so many women that do identify with this like overtly sexual, dark feminine energy. And we do get jealousy. We do get attacked by women because it looks to them what the male gaze is about. Mm. What is truly just who you are. Right. But I realized the reason why that gets mistaken, because we also don't talk about goddess veneration. We don't talk about goddess worship. Like we are very fluid women where we're like, bitch, your titties look good in that. Poke them out. But people assume that that's just for the male gaze. Right. When this is who the fuck you are, bitch, I like my titties out. I like a seven inch heel. It, I like my toes out. It's like, it's not all for men. And Hallelujah. we have to get away from the conversation. It's all for the male gaze. Oh, when amen. it's not. And that's really hard for, for a lot of women and men yes men but for women to really download and understand yeah well because they've been shamed and so they've suppressed that part of themselves because for acceptance because they've been it's been fucking shoved down their throat that if you do this or that it's for attention and so when you when you take that in and then you see a woman who's embodying her full self whatever that looks your first impression is that i'm a you're going to project because i've never been allowed to do that and so i can't understand it and b you must be doing this because you're trying to take my nigga and because you want a lot of attention and you're a hoe well i think yes that's one layer but i think the other layer is that is that also women have experienced the trauma like they have experienced a man choosing the other woman mm. based on her comfortability in her mm. divine or dark feminine which you know which will happen because if i'm comfortable in all parts of myself i'm automatically going to be attractive to people males and, and like that that is another thing about like even this conversation is about suppressing the darkness or suppressing sides of yourself for acceptance is actually going to do the opposite because until you accept all parts of yourself no one else will. And it's like, when I show up and like, maybe my titties are out and maybe you're confused by it and like, you don't like it, but you're also like kind of in intrigued and, and, and gravitate towards it. It's because you are seeing an example of someone who is showing up in their full self. And so automatically it's, 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 it's appealing, but even if you can't understand it, but I think that like women are so, have been so used to suppressing the natural parts of themselves, because let's face it, you cannot take the sex away from the, the woman. It is all encompassing. And so if you're trying to avoid your sex, you're trying to avoid your sexiness, your sexuality, you are going to be partitioned, you know, like, I don't know if that's the right word, but you're going to be, you know, there's sec you're segregating yourself, compartmentalizing yourself. And so, you know, even for me, even growing up, I've always been like very in tune with my sexuality, very in tune with my body. I've I do not like clothes. If we could have a topless podcast, I fucking would. But, you know, then that would, then we'd be on OnlyFans. But, but and you bring up a good point. This is a point I've brought up to my audience a lot is because sometimes people will want to say, bitch, you were indoctrinated through like the hypersexualization of MTV. Mm. I was like, no, when I was, four, when I was four years old, I was watching 
Pamela Anderson. I was watching pretty well. I remember watching Roger Rabbit solely to watch Jessica. I was like, put the bitch on with the big titties. Literally. Bit, like, I was like, I like her. And, I like her. And when you think, think about this, think about when you look at her message, she goes, I'm not bad. I was just drawn this way. And for a lot of us as dark feminines who are going to be overtly presenting that, because it's, it's one thing to be dark feminine, but then to present in that way too, you're going to get those taboos and you're just going to get this stigmas because you're literally a representation of a lot of feminine rebellion. Mm. And so I did a, I did like a, a poll one time on my page and I said, as a woman, did you have any archetypes or, you know, women in movies or whatever that you really love that were age inappropriate for your age? And have you found yourself coming to embody that energy or are you still ashamed because you want to? And it was so wild how many women were like, wow, yes, I was drawn to this. And, you know, I didn't want to play with Barbies. I wanted to watch Dancehall Queen. You know, I wanted to watch Xena. I wanted mm -hmm. to watch Pam out with her titty. You know, so I truly believe that a lot of us do come knowing our archetypes, but we're not allowed the uh, space to explore them. And we just don't have the parents that can guide us, mm -hmm. you know, because I do think, yes, there are things that are age appropriate, but having the right parent to guide you and be like, okay, well, this is your expression. Like, I'm gonna let you do this. My mom was always uh, open with me with like letting me dye my hair and makeup and stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, like I've always been who I've been. And when I look back, I was like, that little bitch knew who the fuck she was. And so really when I went through my spiritual awakening, it was really just a return to who she always knew she was. Mm. And for a lot of people, it's like that. But a lot of people are just like, oh, no, you do this for the male gaze. Or, or you do this. It's like, no, bitch, I wanted to be Jessica Rabbit from the towels for. Honest to God. I think, that's a really, I think that's a really good question to ask yourself is like, what were the archetypes that you were drawn to? Naturally, as, where you were just as a like child. glued to the TV. Yeah. Like, because again, like when you think about it, like, did you have anyone in your ear? Like, no, be that. It's like, no, like that's who, that's just what my spirit wanted. Which you were attracted to. Yeah, I was always basic. drawn to the dark, like the dark yeah. witchy, like kind of like evil person. Not mm. And like, because I just feel like she was powerful and she was mysterious. Intriguing. And there was always like an element of sexuality attached to it. Yes. Always. I would tell people all the time, like I remember um, watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer when I was really young and not just, not the series, but the movie and mm -hmm. being enamored with it. And then I remember, I literally remember to this day when the, the series came out and I was like standing in the living room and I heard the music and I was like, what's that? Or when The Craft came out. Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, The Craft. The I, Craft. I, I was just thinking about that and I was like, I wanted to be, who was the darkest one, Miranda? The crazy Nancy. one? Nancy. 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 Yes. I fucking love Nancy. Until I love she went, Nancy. Then she Me too. Got, went a little off the deep end at the end. <laughs> yeah. But in the beginning, I was like, I fucking love her. I love her. And they were like, you don't like the like the light-skinned black girl? That's more your vibe. I'm like, no, bitch. I'm Nancy. Like the dark one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That, that's another thing. I was just thinking about this conversation before we even got here is that like the, the beauty of childhood and of children is that they are just uh, blindly attracted to what they're they're attracted to without question and same like as a child we were fucking in the valley watching the craft light as a feather fucking stiff as a board doing the ouija board and shit and you know as we get older i'm like is that some white people shit no bitch you're just a witch from birth mm -hmm. and same jessica rabbits and like even like me saying i saw daphne in the whole foods and she didn't have a bra on and i remember as a child thinking i want to be that type of mom 
Like these are the things that I was automatically just drawn to not. And then later in my life, I questioned why I was this way or if something was wrong with me, but like, there is this like innocence and freedom that children come into the, come and come into the earth with that we take away from them. And even us, like we both have daughters and my daughter is like, you know, even they're, they're young, they're eight and they're, you know, almost nine, but I see her like dancing to certain music, certain ways, like, like me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's dope. You know, like you are in tune with your sensuality and it does not scare me. But when I was a kid and I wanted to fucking wear glitter, my mom was like, you're being grown, you know? Oh and my then- God. One of my best horror memories, let me tell you, there was a point in time we lived in Pennsylvania in the nineties just for a little bit. And I would go to the mall and we walked past Baker's and I'd be like, mom, can I get the thigh high boots? Like I would beg her. I would scream. I was like, I want white thigh high boots. <laughs> I was obsessed. And eventually my mom was like, okay, they were flat. She got me them. But I remember like, why was I always obsessed with the hooker boots from the time I was a kid? I, I loved them. You know what I mean? And my best, like my best Halloween ever as a child, my mom made me a Xena warrior princess outfit. She like took one of her bustiers. She took one of her bustiers and she like bedazzled it with like things for me. And then she like made a little leather skirt. She like cut it, and made the pleats. And I like had no titties, of course, right? <laughs> but like it was this bustier. I was like, I'm Xena. Again, like a lot of us knew our archetypes. And I've always identified with the healer, the warrior, and the whore. Mm. Those are those are my archetypes. How many archetypes are there? Do we know? No, I mean, I think it's just like different. It's, it's just, yeah, but I just, I've come to realize, like, and again, like, there are people are going to tell you, like, you can't be all of them. Why not? Like, but you can. At different layers. And, and then that, that, that goes back to the conversation about, like, this this idea of how we're supposed to show up as healers or in the spiritual world. Or mm-hmm. if you're a whore, you're just a whore and that's all you ever be. And, all the, and like, even the spiritual men and how they're, like, really... Um, perpetuating a lot of the like well, it's feel like it's like deepening the patriarchy in some ways it is. it's, it's creating it's creating it, it, a, an even more divide of like okay well now if you don't look like this as the healer then you're still a whore actually you're a bigger whore but it, it really is understanding that uh, as a healer and when you have a community and you have a tribe, like you said, it's like, yeah, I'm feminine and I'm soft, but so- I also have to know that there's going to be a part of me, because this is true, like that have a masculine energy because, bitch, who the fuck are you talking to? You know what I mean? And because there are going to be men and people who are going to challenge us in our in our power and in our purpose. And we have to kind of have some of that energy to kind of deflect and and stand up for what we believe in because we live in a society that's so heavily one way and that and we are like literally the pieces of the puzzle in this time that are breaking women out of that place and so in order to do that we can't be easily fucking confused I've, I've had i've had a woman tell me that she thought my femininity was too aggressive and i was like well i'm gonna be that bitch to tell you that feminine leadership is not easy one of the things that I think a lot of women, especially coming into the spiritual leadership space, is like, this is going to be easy for me as a woman. No, it's not. And you're going to have to have a level of aggression and boundaries and really show up because there are literally women watching you, waiting for you to stand up for yourself so that they can feel confident too. 
You know, I went on a podcast recently that really wasn't necessarily something I had done before. I was very used to being on podcasts with like like-minded individuals, and mm-hmm. I got thrown into like a manosphere podcast. Mm, what was it? I wonder. Um, it was called Anxiety <laughs> Issues Podcast. Okay, and, uh, okay. That's, that's, that's the one that we yeah. got thrown into. Like, well, the guy, the guy that I went head to head with, it was a good exercise for me because I was like, wow, this is like what we're really dealing with. Mm. And a lot of my following was like, that was just a waste of your time. And you know, I said it wasn't because even if what you you guys got for it was seeing me advocate for myself and stand on my square and no matter what the fuck he said I wasn't backing down that's what y'all needed to see and I said and I didn't have to fight him I was in my feminine energy I was like okay bro all right like right like that's what y'all needed to see because you also give too many of these men your energy some of these podcasts like women being angry in the comments like please bitch take back your energy because a lot of that's energy harvesting you know, they're just using this shit to get rich off of women who are angry. angry. Yeah. And I also held women accountable in my following because I said, I've done so many great podcasts with men who are healing, who are doing the work that are beautiful. And y'all bitches be crickets on that shit mm. when you went in for this man. So you're also a part of the problem of what you give your energy mm. to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, that's true. And the energy, har- the energy harvesting is a real a real thing. And I think, you know, for you talk, going back to like being aggressive or whatever, um, I think, and, and talking about the light and the dark, like, I think the light feminine that like we hear on the internet, the soft woman, which obviously like, I think women, we all want to be able to encompass that as well is more like the nurturer. It's like the one, the woman that walks with compassion, who is kind. And then the dark feminine is the one that's ready to transform the one that's in her sacral energy mm-hmm. that's you know is the more aggressor and i think you can't you have to have both you do even as a mother like you have to have both you can't be walking in your soft feminine when and when a uh, danger comes towards your child no bitch <laughs> that's when that dark feminine comes through and it's not necessarily a negative yeah. it is just protection necessary it, yeah i tell people all the time soft life has to be maintained if you just think you're gonna get you like, can't soft life, be, you have because you like, have to have hard life in order to know what soft life is you have to there, there's there's a duality that soft has to is not linear either soft life is not linear like i always even i tell women like you can be yeah, you would want to align yourself, but maybe let's say with a consistent partner that allows you the most soft life as possible. But as women, you're often attracting the masculine that's at the level that your masculine energy is at. So I always, when I coach my women, I'm like, your masculine energy kind of has to be like your lawyer. Like, what's your agreement? So when a man's coming to the table with you, it's like, hey, this is my good sis. This is her contract. Um, Like these are her stipulations and her agreements. Can you meet that? Yes or no. And if the answer is no, it's like, okay, well, nice meeting with you. We're not coming into contract. But a lot of women are like, I don't understand why he can't show up as the man that I want. I was like, because your inner masculine, your inner lawyer has not presented a contract and agreement that you're happy with. But again, going back to limerence, going back to lack, a lot of people just settle. People settle and they don't advocate for themselves. And they just assume like this is as good as it's going to get. And there's no other guys that are, you know, as good or whatever. So I'm just going to like hope and pray and pour and hope that you get to where I want you to be at. And even back to what you said earlier, like I found I've been on two podcast spaces in the past uh, month and this has happened for men and women alike where people want to weaponize singleness, right? When they're mm. like, well, if you're such a bad spiritual bitch and you're so <laughs> this and you're such a catch. Why are you single? We don't talk about enough that 
the higher ranking you are as a spiritual woman, the harder it is in the dating pool. And, you know, going back to two, like some of the tests that we get is having an enemy in our fucking bed. Mm. You know, like one of the best movies I've watched recently to understand spiritual attack was um, The Pope's Exorcist. I just saw that. You know what I loved about it so much was that demon, like literally, you know, like resurrected itself and was like, I'm going for the top dog. Right. right. And he he's like, I want the top dog because if I get to the top dog, there's so much damage I can do. Oh, right. Oh, right. And so again, whether it's spiritual women in leadership or just powerful women, men have been used a lot because we have human female hearts and we want love. But you have to ask yourself, what are you willing to, to, to do to have it? Um, and there's and there's times where like yeah spirit sends these tests where the fucking enemy sleeping in the bed these spiritual leeches be real, and that's why I even made the the comparison of like what this is how I learned about this like when I was like in church when I'm eighth grade like that 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 was the only way I could put it like the test but that's the thing is like no matter what you title it or whatever like package you put it in it whether it's Christianity or Catholicism or Judaism or Muslim, whatever the fuck there's always going to be test and so like the spiritual realm is a spiritual realm and when you're a spiritualist and you're a spiritual warrior and a spiritual person and a spiritual leader it doesn't matter what the title is or the label is or what religion you are practicing the, the further you get in your practice there will be test and I like that you use the exorcism of the Pope as an example, because it's true. There was like the the demon, the devil had strategy, my nigga. He strategized. Yeah, yeah, let me tell you something. I tell people all the time. I was like, I, I fucking give dark energy so much of their due because the motherfuckers work overtime. You ever heard this quote? It's like, <laughs> Chris Jenner works hard, but the devil uh, works harder. <laughs> but I was like, no, like, I meet so many empaths and light workers that are scary. They're like, I'm so tired. I want to give up. And I was like, that's why that energy whooping your ass because your work ethic, like, I was talking to my friend the other day about it. Like, you know, when Kim got dragged for saying, you bitches don't want to work. It's like, it's the truth. Like, you need to fucking work your ass off and be doing your work because the, the work ethic of dark energy, and there's people who want to avoid it. They're like, oh, if I don't go outside, then I will. Or if I don't do this, so many people avoid their calling and their purpose because they're scary of this energy when, especially light workers and empaths, were built for this shit. Uh, Harry Potter didn't go to the school of fucking love and light. He went to the school against the defense against the dark arts. So again, people don't want the spiritual discernment. And it's like, why wouldn't you want the discern spiritual discernment? But it comes more responsibility, more responsibility. But yeah, the dark, the dark energy, like their work ethic is impeccable. Because they're constantly walking through it. Yeah, you have to walk through like like you said. I'm listening to you talk about just like the 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 light and energy workers that want to live in just the light and light energy. And it's like, well, yeah, bitch, it's easy over there, isn't it? So when something does come your way, you're exhausted and you haven't really put in the work spiritually to arm yourself for and do the work for these type of moments for these type for this for the work that you're actually being called That's to the do. Other spectrum of spirit. So again, when you think about, it, we have people who are unawakened who are living in complete utter, utter ignorance that does, don't want to take accountability. And then you have people who do awaken. They're like, it's all love and light. And they're still in spiritual bypassing and wanting to live in that ignorance and, and, and avoidance is like, no, you have to kind of be right there in the middle. Mm -hmm. And you have to, you have to want to face the darkness head on. Mm. <sighs> well, um, 
I have a question for you. Sure. We usually have to ask our guests to share an affirmation. I feel like right now is a good time as we're trying to figure out what is what it is that drives us, empowers us to kind of walk through these type of these type of journeys and these paths. Um, do you have an affirmation that maybe you that you live by that it helps you feel empowered? You know, it sounds so simple, but what it's funny, my mom always my mom always says that I said this and I wasn't cognizant of saying it. It's just like I'm gonna figure it out. That sounds so simple, but it's just like I think that so many people feel so, like I said, deep in their victim and that they're not capable. Mm. And something is like I just always like pull myself together, like, but you we're gonna figure this out. Hmm, I love that. I, I, it's just, you know, that's what just came to me. It's like, I'm gonna figure this shit out. I'm gonna I'm figure, figure this, this shit, shit out. out. I'm gonna figure, I'm this, figure, this, shit figure out. this shit out. And we always do. We always do. Not always. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, we don't. The, the the people that stay in those in, in victimhood and, and stay in s- certain situations because they're like, I don't want to figure it out. I'm just I'm good right here. Yeah. So I, if you ha- if you feel that way, just listen, put, write that on the mirror in the morning. I'm gonna figure this shit out <laughs> <laughs> because you can you can. But I will say I feel like a lot of women don't and men don't, too. They you don't can figure it out if you want figure to. It out. Yeah. If you, if you have the desire to figure it out and you know that you have the wherewithal, then it will life figure is, it out. Life is a balance of surrender and action. You just have to know the moments when you have to surrender mm. and the moments where it's you have to be accountable to take action. And that's the that's the hard part. <laughs> people, that's where people struggle. You know, like when, what, what, like where, how many red flags? Is it time? Should should I chill out? Maybe it will change. You know what I mean? It's like a constant, like you know. But I think that's where like the intuition comes in and that inner voice and whether or not you can honor it or not. Um, I know we like jumped right in, but I'm curious. We know we talked a little bit before we started, but like, what has your journey been into this work? <laughs> Well, going back to Buffy the Vampire, it's like, <laughs> like people laugh when I say this. So, like, I first of all went to co- I went to college. I, you know, I was a very I was a chronic over planner. I started college when I was sixteen. I was done by like almost nineteen. I was going to have my master's by twenty one, and I had planned. I was like, and then I was like, I'm going to you know get married, and I'm going to do this. Spare like fuck your plans, <laughs> fuck your plans. So, um, I went to art school, and I was on path to be a celebrity photographer. And when I started freelancing, I just wasn't enjoying it. And I remember uh, going to see the movie Eat, Pray, Love in 2009. And I left the theater being like, I need one of those moments. It's like, but you're like 21. Why the fuck you need one of those moments? <laughs> so I said, like, I felt like I was going through a beginning life crisis. Mm. And so I, like, wished to the universe, like, give me one of those moments. Like, I need to figure it out. Like, I, I'm doing what I thought I wanted to do, but it's just not working. Um, and so in 2012, so the last real job I had was in 2009. And so in 2012, I actually met a woman through one of my photographer friends and she Ronnie players clubbed me. She, she's like, she's like, bitch, you need some money. Like, <laughs> you want a job? Like, okay. She's like, show up, wear this, come this place on this day. And so I went on the north side of Atlanta and this lady was like, you got a car? How many days a week can you work? Can you start right now? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And my homegirl took me into a fucking room and in walks a, a, a white business professional man and he takes off his clothes and he lays on the table. My friend said, sit in the corner and watch me. 
And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then this bitch is up there swag surfing on this motherfucker. You know, so she introduced me to the underbelly of the sex world here in Atlanta. And I became a sensual and tantric masseuse for five years. So I always tell people that it's, you know, we can't judge how spirit works, but God gave me my eat, pray, love moment for five years to figure out myself and sustain myself uh, being in the adult industry. And that is where spirit began to communicate with me. And I always tell people we cannot judge people because yes, God sometimes comes to people in the trap, comes in, in the strip club. In the, and so for whilst doing that, because I had been a woman, you know, like many women, like didn't know my worth, was in these streets anyway, fucking up with dumb people. And it was like, I was so grateful because the women that actually got me into it, they taught me to do it from a very professional standpoint, business standpoint, and just, you know, advocating for myself and boundaries. And so I slowly started spiritually awakening and I actually got married in that time too. I got married. I did like a 90 day fiance type situation. He was Nigerian. You know, he was a scammer. I, I was, was like, wait, a Nigerian man was a cool with your career because I would. Yeah, he was actually, you know, so he, he was a scammer. Okay. He was, we were so sinning. We were very transparent with each other. He's like, I'm in this point of life and I'm scamming. I'm like, well, I'm in this point of life and I'm, you know, scheming. So like, <laughs> seduce a scheme, baby. Seduce a scheme. And so our, you know, our plan was to do what we needed to do. I get him over here. We start our life. And well, you literally met him while he was still in Nigeria. So my homegirl at Ronnie Players Club me was talking to his homeboy. He was like, "Oh, he got a friend." And then, yeah, okay. So then I was, I went to Nigeria, married him, came back, and we were like working on getting him over here. And he was actually very spiritual. So I can admit, I tell people, I was a toxic one in the relationship. So I was toxic. He helped spiritually awaken me. And long story short, um, during that time, I did something that I never thought I would do, but I cheated on him. I never, I've never cheated in my life until I got married. And, <laughs> and, okay. and it was with a client. And I snubbed my nose at bitches that we like would fuck client. I was like, never ever in my life would I do that. And I tell people it was spiritual. Um, I met a guy in there and I was like, if he comes back, I'm a fucking like not my type. Not And what it was, was it was this really sexual affair that reminded me of the parts of myself that I had been repressing. Although I was a sex worker, there was parts of myself that wanted to be the trap, which I, I tell people all the time that guy ignited the trap which that affair ignited the trap which because i was still settling in that relationship with my husband because there were so many parts of myself that he was not going to be able to tolerate as my husband mm. the person that i'm sitting here right now being vocal out front like he would not be able to hang as my husband and so i had that affair and then we just started falling apart i remember one day i like messaged him i was like you think you a good husband he's like you think you a good wife and i'm like fuck you we're <laughs> done and he ghosted me uh right before we got like the visa interview i was like you finna go he's like crickets so in that time where i was like god like if this is my husband let me know they're like it's not your husband <laughs> and so crickets <laughs> So during that time, Spirit started sending not only him as a messenger to activate me, 
spirit stars sending people in Santeria. I'm actually a practitioner, practitioner in Santeria. I'm initiated sending all these spiritual people to like activate me. But the problem was for me and going back to Buffy, if you're familiar with the story of Buffy, like I was really out here in Atlanta trying to live just my best, my best city girl life. I was like, I want to go shopping. I want to do basic bitch shit. I want to go to a club. And they kept sending these spiritual people like, I'm like, I don't want to do that. So for, you know, when they say people are like truly called, like when you talk about the like people that are in the Bible, that is like, they was out here murdering folk and God's like, come, let me use you. And it was wild to me because I started getting these downloads like, you need to start going to talk to people and empowering them. I thought I was going crazy. Um, and so during the sex work, during the sex work, the best part that kept me in for the longest time was the psychology aspect of it. I really treated these men like they were human beings, you know, like they weren't cash cows. And I was like, you know, what are you here for? You're either here because you're lonely, neglected, or you want to have your cake and eat it too. And I was able to maintain this business because I was really personal with them, but I really liked the psychological aspect aspect. So when I knew I was going to get out, I knew I was going to get into this work. I knew that I was going to be, um, vocal about being a sex worker because I was either going to help people that were in it were trying to leave or bridging the intersectionality of spirituality and sex work. So that's how I got into it. I have a question because I think a lot of listeners, you know, don't necessarily always know what the, um, I guess the nuances of sex work is yeah, and what that always means. Like, because, you know, they don't think you sell pussy. Yeah. <laughs> they think like, okay, so you are giving massages. Are you actually having sex with your clients? Like some, pe some people, like, for example, like uh, we have a friend, Mistress Marley, like she doesn't yeah. have sex with her clients. She's a sex yeah. worker. She's I a dominatrix. A service girl. <laughs> I did I not was like, what one man in which you cheated with your husband. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't know what it is, but, and that was just something I wanted to do. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but that, I wanted you to explain that, too, because I think a lot of people have that assumption. Like, oh, well, you say your friend was going uh, crazy. On, what would you say? Surfing, surfing on the, on the client. She was giving <laughs> what we call a body to body massage. So what is that? So she would oil herself up and essentially, you know, get on top of the person he was face down, you know, use her breast and use her legs and use her body just to stimulate him. Mm. So but it, I just remember the first time I saw her do it, I was like, you look like such a fucking goddess up there. Mm. Like, it was just so powerful to witness her. So, yeah, I did massages. I was not full service. Um, yes, they did get happy endings, but I did not have sex with them in order to give them that. But yes, you're correct. Like so many people don't realize that sex work is, you know, from yes, escorting to dancing, to cam work, to BDSM, all these things. And there's, there's different types of hoes <laughs> that, that all don't require actual like sex. Yeah. Penetration. Yeah, penetration yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so then going back to how spirituality and your sex work started mm -hmm. to intersect, like, I, and I, we were talking off camera and I heard you saying basically that you've kind of not been dissuaded from spirituality or like the, the hoopla of what it is to be a spiritual, um, healer mm -hmm. because it is a bit, um, vanilla. It is a bit, uh, a little, too woo -woo. a little, a little too woo woo, a little, maybe like not sex positive yes. in spaces because of, you know, I think some of that has to do with the perpetuation of like the patriarchy in our healing space and as a, mm -hmm. as a spiritual woman and that you cannot be a sex worker and also be healing people. Like mm -hmm. you must be unhealed if you 
are capable of working in that space mm -hmm. is usually the, I think the perception. So how do you, how, how has like bridging these two things, um, what have, the, what have been the challenges and like, what is, I guess, the ultimate goal when it comes to bridging these two things? One of the biggest challenges I had off the rip. So in 2017, when I left sex work and got into this work, it was a lot more taboo for women like me to be in the spiritual arena and saying I was a sex worker and be validated to be worthy to be in this work. So now we've had an explosion of sexuality coaches and sensuality coaches. But like when I broke in, that was just not as popular still. And so I had to really prove myself as a worthy candidate to be in leadership. So I had to kind of like shut my hoe down a little bit. Mm. So I told people like there was levels where it was like the hoe, the madam, the high priestess. So I had to really, really push to prove to my audience and to the community that like I'm, I'm the fucking high priestess bitch. And now as I've reintegrated that, I've been allowed to bring my hoe back out a bit more, you know, like bring my, my, my maiden energy. My issue is, um, and I think a lot of people's issue is, is like you said, with so much of the woo-woo, like I tell people like, I'm not really woo-woo, but I'm Wu-Tang Clan. Like if I were <laughs> like, to start a spiritual, like, like yeah, we the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, like I'm the healer with the Tims on. Like, let's go. And, I like it. And because representation matters. Right. You know, I don't really believe in having to code switch all the time to prove my fucking intelligence. It's like, I don't want to call my shit a yoni. Like, I cringe. I was like, that's my fucking pussy. Like, why I can't just say pussy and you take me seriously? Right. And I, that's why I feel like people like me and other people like you guys, like, we are bringing this intersectionality of being like, I don't have to vanilla myself. I don't have to code switch. This is my authenticity. And I realize, like, I'm a very hedonistic person. Mm. I'm very much in my human. And I think when people get on their spiritual journey, they think that, they have to prove to people that they're spiritual by like repressing that energy. What is really who you are? I'm like, I'm a bit of a hedonistic ass bitch. Like, I don't want to have to sacrifice certain parts of myself and my duality in order to prove that I'm spiritual. So I think with, again, the sexuality as part aspect part, like there's so much people want to uh, mask mask it, like I said, with more uh, socially presentable language or whatever. Um, and I know how to do that. Like I could teach anybody how to embrace their sexuality without showing my skin or even talking like that. But yes, we have to understand. So when we were talking about like pop your throat pussy earlier, I was telling, you know, I tell people like your throat resembles the inside of our vagina. And so your throat is the second thing that gives birth and you're constantly giving birth. Mm. So Whenever you're casting spells over your life, um, you're giving birth to what you want in your world. So that's sexuality. You know, sacral energy is not only just like how you use your vagina. It's also how you're able to manifest. Create. You create, you know, solar plexus chakra, the relationship with yourself and your power in this world. So I can, I can teach everybody on those levels. But again... I tell people, like, if you could sell sex, you could sell anything. You sell drugs, you sell anything. There's a lot of women that are in the sex industry that can teach bitches about manifestation. This is why I advocate for Cardi B. I was like, you want to talk about a bitch that can teach you about manifestation? It's Cardi B. Well, you know what? I was I was watching one of the, a clip that you had and yeah, you were saying how my guru. Cardi B is your spiritual guru. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was. You know why I tell people she was? When I was wanting to leave sex work was when she was leaving. 
I would be sitting there and I would watch her just talk over her life about what she was going to do and how she was going to do it. And I also really admired her throat piece and her authenticity. And she just was like, I don't have to prove to y'all that it has to look this way for me to be intelligent. So I started doing the same thing. I started uploading my videos from, you know, I'm doing my work. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to teach people about empowerment in between seeing tricks and johns, you know? <laughs> um, and that's what I started building the trap, which while I was still a sex worker, mm. but yeah, Cardi B could teach you a lot about manifestation. What, I mean, some people prefer Joe Dispenza because it's just what's socially acceptable to them, but the same shit that Cardi B does, Joe Dispenza does too at times. Mm. People, are often comfortable with the representations that they're comfortable with, mm. but they could also learn something from a bitch that's different than them. I agree. I never really looked at it like that. And I think Cardi B is actually a really good example. That bitch can manifest her ass off. Yeah, obviously, shit. Yeah. She's killing it. Yeah, it's true. And she didn't have no problem saying exactly what the fuck she was about to do and who she was going to be. And I'm going to be a rapper, bitch. I, yeah, I was a stripper. I was popping pussy, but I don't give a fuck. And this is who I am now. And in, he and in healing and spirituality, representation matters because a lot of what we've been presented is not helping people. You know, I watched her Breakfast Club interview the other day and they asked her, they said, you know, rap, female rappers become oversaturated right now. Like, first of all, how do you feel about that? And does it threaten you? She said, no, because I knew it was going to happen after I got in. Because when I got in, I proved that if I could do it, someone else could do it. Right. So I opened the door and she goes, no, I'm not threatened because I know my lane. I know my space. I know my authenticity. So I mean, that in itself was literally a five minute sermon that she could teach somebody with. But mm -hmm. again, people look for spirituality just to be presented a certain way when people are giving you the lesson. Well, I think it's so funny when people think say that like industries are oversaturated, especially if it's like a, an industry that is um, been there's been a, a I guess a, a decline in how many women have been involved. Mm -hmm. How could it be oversaturated? First of all, there used to be like no, not a lot of female rappers. Now there's too many. Now they're all talking about popping pussy, and now everyone's mad. And now it's oversaturated. And I'm like, how can there be an over saturation of 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 the industry it's just women are stepping into the space and she's right she did open the door now is the quality of music i mean we can argue we can argue the ethos of what people are talking about all day long whether it's perpetuating the patriarchy or advancing you know allowing women to move forward but at the end of the day i feel like that's not a conversation we hear men have like oh it's oversaturated Rap with men. Oversaturated by men. Well, you know, right, it's right. always like a space that's that's been generally like you know there's been like a a minority of of really femininity in it, and then there's too much femininity, and now it's oversaturated. We're doing too much. It's so interesting. Um, so just curious too, like how has your journey into um the spiritual space and now kind of transitioning more into the mindset coaching and um, just allowing, I guess, giving women the ability to tap into their throat chakra and all these things. I, I, I was reading an article um, that you were being interviewed and it said that as a kid, you were called like, was it called the mouth champion or something? Or yes. Like <laughs> yes. <laughs> So like you've never really had a you've never really had a problem really exercising your your throat. Well, I did. Or, oh, or, or you kind of were shamed by it and kind I of was like shamed. So up until about six, they would call me mouth champion <laughs> because I was very vocal and 
I was always intuitive. I knew how to intuit energy because I could recognize when adults were talking to me crazy. Mm. And so I would advocate for myself and then I got called disrespectful mm. and then I got shut down and then it became this game for like my uncle and my grandfather to like pay me to shut up. <laughs> so they played this game where they'd be like, Oh, you get fifty dollars. You set up for four hours. He was like, "Well, shit, I want fifty dollars." <laughs> so it became this game to shut down my gifts. Mm. And then the more that I read the room or I read the energy, I would get in trouble. And that's always been an issue, even up until my awakening. Where, like, even in my friendships, like if I could read the energy and I could call it out. I would get in trouble as you know, disrespectful or whatever. So, so yeah, I, I, it wasn't really until. I got into sex work where I had to learn to be more personable because a lot of times when I did work with other girls, they'd be like, man, how do you make the time go so quick? Like it's torturous for me to be in there with them for an hour. I was like, I talked to them. <laughs> so that really helped me reactivate my throat chakra. And then when I decided that I was really going to take this to the next level, I like started going to like a bar and like, oh, you have to talk to the stranger if they sit next to you or, or you need to post a video and just get really comfortable. So I did not get this comfortable being this vocal really until 2016 again. Mm. Yeah. Well, luckily you recognize that and you shifted and you like gave yourself homework <laughs> in order to like <laughs> yeah, un and, undo that. And for a while, like I couldn't even do public speaking without crying like the first five minutes because I told people like my heart and my throat was like coming back online yeah. and I think it was like in such shock I was like bitch you out here fucking talking your shit and it was like yeah so it had to even go through that clearing to get to that point where like I was, was just really firm in it and that clearing that's like energetically we, we forget that they're like our heart and our throat and our wounds and our throat and our like these things are all connected. And a lot of times if one is shut down, there requires like a realignment. And, and so, that's what causes a lot of disease. Yeah. Physical. We just talked about like energetic body governing the physical body. Mm -hmm. And it's true. And I, I remember like being a kid too. And I've always been very vocal and like being around other, like my cousins and my parents would do some wild shit. And I'd be like, what the fuck? you guys leave us here for three hours in the car? And then my cousins wouldn't say shit. And then my uncle would be like, you better shut her up. And he's like, she's right. We did leave them. You know what I mean? And I, I never understood why everyone else was shutting the fuck up. Like, I don't care that I'm nine. What the fuck is your problem? Like, I wasn't saying what the fuck is your problem, but I was like, yo, you know what I mean? But it's like, as children, we have to be careful too, even as moms, you know, as parents that are listening, um, you know, obviously kids get slick with their mouth, but not like doing the things our parents did to us, which is like, shut up mind grown folks business be you know what i mean be quiet go in the room it's like sometimes even i have to remind myself like this is a kid she's expressing herself and if i shut her up too much or too soon like this could damage her long term especially as a little girl but like yeah it's like re like just being so aware of you know where you're where you're not comfortable speaking your truth or you know being vocal or you know is can can definitely like uh fuck up your creativity and your like your sex you know like the 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 manifestation piece of like the alignment of all of yourself is super important you would be so surprised like how many women i meet where it's like you can fuck a man but you can't talk to him mm. you shouldn't be fucking him you can't talk to him that was so, me so many women have you know repressed voices um you know and even going back to the limer and shit where you get a bitch coming to a reading where she's like oh my god i'm so obsessed with him oh my god like you know he's been ghost for six months does he still love me i was like well bitch if you couldn't text him and ask him what the fuck was up then you shouldn't have been with him anyway you know again like so there's so much repressed rep repression 
Or like so much fear around being judged. And like, I have a friend like that. I'm like, bitch, you're fucking him. Why can't you tell him how you feel? Isn't that weird to you that you're fucking someone and you can't express like that you like them? Well, there's that. And also you don't want you don't want the answer. Yeah. There's a lot of just avoidance because you know, you already know the answer. Most of the time we know the answers. It's just, we don't want the confirmation. We don't want to ask the question. And then, you know, there also is just not being able to express. I mean, there's been times too where I'm like, I know that I have questions, but I'll just wait and I'll wait. And I'm like, spirit will give me the answer. And like, no, bitch, if you would have just asked the question, you would have got the answer a lot faster. Instead, you're still here six months later and spirit finally said something. You, you, do, you don't <laughs> want to feel like you're, you're being too much. You're being too naggy. Or like, yeah. if I do this, he's going to think I like him too much. Like, bitch, you do. Well, like, it's, like <laughs> even, it's even like when you're, when you're first starting to date and you don't want to tell the person you're dating what your intentions are. You don't want to be too much. Hey, I'm not really here to just casually date. Be like, well, don't say that on the first date because you're, you're scared away. Right. And it's like, well, if you're not exercising that that throat pussy your needs bitch you're just gonna be throwing pussy and then you're gonna be mad <laughs> speaking of exercising your throat pussy and not throwing the throat the regular pussy um i think for patreon we should um do an exclusive uh three reason three ways to free your throat pussy so if you guys are patreon members you should uh go over there and see the three tips Tatiana is going to give us because bitches need to know how to exercise that throat pussy. <laughs> <laughs> or in the, in the vein of Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's funny? Recently, you know, there was that chick Callisto on there. You remember the blonde? Oh, yeah, like the friend. I was like, what is she doing right now? I used to love her. She's actually a spiritual teacher now. Really? Yeah, she lived in like in the ashram somewhere on the other side. I was like, see, we are totally aligned. I knew who the fuck I was. Where the fuck is Zena? Lucy Lawless? Where is Lucy She's Lawless? She's chilling. Oh my God. Yeah, Kaliso's over there like in the ashram somewhere teaching people Kundalini yoga. I thought I was the only person who thinks randomly at three o'clock in the afternoon, what the fuck happened to that bitch I liked 20 years ago that was on TV? And like, oh, no, they go I'm, the, I'm, I'm quick to Google. Oh my. I just looked up, this is such a side note, but not really because we're talking about the darkness. But did you guys see that like super famous wife swap where they, the, like, it's like a very hippie family and they go with like, they switch with like a Christian family and she's like, it's the darkness. It's dark. Dark-sided. Tarot cards and moons and stars. It's dark-sided. <laughs> I made Shawnee watch it recently because it was like the best fucking wife swap they've ever had. Please go look it up. <laughs> and she was like super anti anything not Christian. And now she's like huge with the gays. <laughs> That's okay. what I found. She looked it up and I was like, where is this woman now? And like the great, the gays have embraced her. So I'm like, see, look what happened. TV brought her back down. Okay. So the Christian woman who was talking about the darkness is now a huge icon with the gays. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? No. <laughs> I'm literally showing you when this right, Well, maybe we'll add a link to the to the episode it's, so that you two can watch this wife swap. It's literally, it's necessary. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, you know what else? I don't know if you want to say this for Patreon, but uh, you asked me to ask you a question. Not like a reading, but like a, a message. Mm-hmm. So I asked her about... Uh, our relationship and our business in the next year. Yes. Okay. I did. Yeah. You guys have a lot of beautiful opportunities and doors opening for you. And you should definitely take them, especially the ones that are in alignment with your gifts. Um, I think with all women that I tell that have gifts, you want to be really conscious of what you want to put into the world. You know, I think when we talk about like solar plexus energy, it's like, how do you want to execute your power in the world? And what's like the footprint 
that you're leaving in the world. Like, I think the best way to look at it is like, if you had, if you died tomorrow and your obituary came out, like, what would it say? Like, what would your, what would your program say? And I think that in the next year for you guys, individually, you should get really adamant about what you're putting out there and who you want to be and how you want to be remembered, but also together as well. So it really, it was interesting because what I got was like, but some doors about to fucking open. Y'all need to walk through them, but just get really adamant about what's in alignment for what's important for you. Because I tell, there's so many women right now coming into their positions of leadership and adding like their good juju and their glitter of magic into the world. And that's a beautiful thing because for a lot of us, our grandmas, our aunties, our moms, they didn't get to do that. You know, a lot of them activated us to be able to do this. We have never been in a time where as women, we've had so much privilege, especially as women in the West. And I always tell people this too. It's like, as women in the West, we can't downplay what we're doing because there's our sisters like on the other side of the world that still don't have some of these privileges. Mm. So we don't know what we're doing that's potentially helping them and then helping, you know, your daughters and the women coming behind us. So with the internet, like life happens like this. You guys started this podcast five years ago and I'm sure it's like, I tell people all the time, it's not just the fucking internet. The internet is what you make it. And tomorrow, like literally you have access to the world. The world has access to you. You can hop on a plane and get to these places. So ask yourself really what you guys are doing with people having accessibility to you and what you want to do in reverse as well. So yeah, it wasn't really anything besides this walk through them doors and just get really fine tuned about what you guys are putting out and how you really want to change the environment and the climate for especially women mm. you know all of us are feminine liberators i identify as a feminine liberator but all of us are feminine lib liberators and what i love um and i feel like this was so aligned at this time because although i don't have biological children bitch i'm a mother i'm a mother and i've been a matriarchal figure now for seven years in this community it's like we're mothering other people's children you don't know how many women are watching this that weren't given these lessons by their moms and we are like mothering the the, the, the children of other women mm. and so we're helping women develop into who they were always meant to be and so that's just a powerful thing right now in that sisterhood and the communing of women so pretty much it's just like keep doing what you're doing walk through the doors i think also the message i'm hearing from you too is just really be get clear get clear mm -hmm. get clear on what is the what is the, what is going to be on that obituary yeah <laughs> what is the message what are you leaving here mm -hmm. what is it i think that's an alignment we've been talking about that a lot lately you know like five years goes by like pretty quickly i mean it's been a long like you know a long working season but i think we've also been like what the fuck is our goal you know what is it that we, we i think when we started we weren't this wasn't, I mean, it wasn't really all the way thought through. We just needed a friend. And then it kind of began to develop and evolve. And we realized how important it was. So you and think you guys needed a friend? Yeah. That's how my business started too. Mm -hmm. Where it was like, who do I talk to about this? And then just using the internet as like your diary to be like, mm -hmm. listen, I ain't got fucking nobody. I'm going to talk, talk this shit <laughs> out. Talk to an open room. Right. Yes. Hello? I got to tell you something. Is this thing on? Hello? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm confused, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know. You too? (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Come over. (laughs) Come over here where we can all be confused and figure it out together. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, I think we've been like just trying to be really clear or get clearer about our our goals and like what our purpose is. And I think it's it's developed and evolved as we get to meet amazing humans like you. We get like, I, I feel so blessed, honestly, to just like the mentors and the people, like the conversations we get to have because we are, we're in the school of life. Like we're in the witch school that we've fucking created the curriculum. We're in Hogwarts. Yeah, we literally we are. are. Literally, we're in Hogwarts. And I get to get lectures by the people that I admire and that I see messages that resonate with me. And I get to literally be like, hey girl, can you come over? You know what I mean? Without really having to have a, a like a relationship with them except from the internet. It's not weird at all. And so I, I, I'm, I'm super grateful again, like for um, this, this, the university of good moms <laughs> um, being able to, I, I've been like, it's developed me so much, like my character, my personality, my wants, my, my abilities, my healing abilities, my leadership skills. And I probably wouldn't have been able to discover this without my friend without women like you and friends that we've gotten to like, you know, make on this journey. And so, you know, for anyone listening or who's just joining the show, or maybe you've listened to a bunch of episodes, it's just like women, the community that we are, you know, we create and the friendships we create, like we've been given such bullshit to say that we are not here for each other because the only way we evolve is through each other, is through conversation, is through like, oh, bitch, you too, like you got fucked up, me too, like, oh, you, you didn't, you didn't some sh- something strange for some change, me too, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no judgment and there, this is like the space for that. And so I'm just, I'm, con- every time I sit down, I'm continuously just like so grateful for, um, the opportunity to have these conversations and just like you, I, we look at your page. And I'm like, oh, you know this person, you know Hadi, you know Miala. I'm like, yeah, because I've been stalking all your friends online, and now we're here. So it's like a, a like sisterhood is some real shit, and like we are each other's teachers and we are each other's students, and and like this part of evolving and resurrecting the free woman. This is the part. This is how we do it, and so spiritual sorority it's the spiritual sorority <laughs> if you're listening and um you know you've been your, your inside has been telling you that you have a gift or that there's something that you need to learn or that you know that parts of you that you need to let like unfold do that shit you know if you're not if you're listening it's not by coincidence that we're having this conversation i always say this so like follow the synchronicities follow the alignment because it could lead you to your best friend and your next best friend and your next business partner and to your tribe and to your people and ultimately to your healing and your evolving to like priestess amen 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 speaking of priestess and evolving we pulled a card. Is it tarot time? It's tarot time, bitches. Is it tarot time or is it hoary time? Mm, I think tarot, and then we'll go we'll into end with a hoary. Yeah, a little hoary. Okay. You know, you know the <laughs> the dark witches love some horries. <laughs> we do. <laughs> even that, like, even when we started our show, not really knowing the direction it was going in, it's so interesting that no matter what, we had aspects of sex because that's who we are, <laughs> and you're gonna like it, you're gonna take it. Um, Tatiana pulled the six of cups. The Six of Cups. Hmm. Revisiting the past. Childhood memories. Okay, Vampire the Buffer. B- Bam- vampire the Buffer. I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Xena and uh, Roger Rabbit. Innocence and Joy. Um, hmm. Wait. Our tarot cards are always on point. Okay, because we're super witches. Okay. 
Um, the Six of Cups is a card that takes you back to the happy memories from your past. Whether as a child, teenager, or young adult, you may simply be revisiting those memories in your mind, or may you travel back. Wait. Oh my God, this is so crazy. Um, you may simply be revisiting those memories in your mind, or you may travel back to your childhood home or reconnect with your childhood friends. You could go to a you can go to a high school reunion or reconnect with an old buddy. A teenage sweetheart or past lover may turn up again. These connections bring you a sense of joy and happiness as you reminisce over all the fun times you had together. Take this occasion to explore whether you still have a lot in common and if you wish to continue the relationship now. Mm. It's like with yourself, the archetypes, the archetypes, right? The Six of Cups often shows an increased level of harmony and cooperation in your relationships. You are ready to give and receive without expectation. You're also willing to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Having moved on from the challenging emotions of the Five of Cups, it's time to turn over a new leaf and start afresh from a more positive place. The Six of Cups invites you to get in touch with your inner child and experiences experience the fun, freedom, and innocence that comes with being a young child again, being all of you. You might like to sit this you might like to sit down with an adult coloring book dance like no one is watching you play your favorite childhood games or watch Xena's Xena warrior princess <laughs> <laughs> or spend more time around happy children when you give yourself permission to be playful spontaneous and creative you connect more with your authentic self and your intuition mm. wow is that not on point on point i love that so you hear that go back Think about the archetypes that you were attracted to as a child. Tap into that. Revisit if that's the part of you that you, you've you maybe let die in adulthood and how you can get back to that, that, that joy and how you identified or what you were drawn to during that time. Do some motherfucking cartwheels. Come to the Good Fiber Tree. We do a lot of cartwheels, a lot of skinny dipping, <laughs> a lot of dancing's happening over there, a lot of fun shit. Um, it's crazy this card said go back to your like visualize going back into your childhood home because I, I did that once like a couple years ago and I didn't know I didn't know what like pushed me into that place. I do know it was an argument with this fucking fuck boy I was dating, but I had never like thought about visiting my childhood home. But sitting here in this house right now, like something fell and it like echoed and it brought me back to like this house I lived in briefly in Atlanta and it was not in a good place. But it's just so crazy that we underestimate um, the the exercise of visualization and how you can like spiritually time travel and go back to places and like visit those versions of yourself and um just being here in atlanta and like kind of thinking i'm going to come and have a lot of friends and do like you know go on a lot of free dates that didn't happen <laughs> like, bitch you need to maybe go dig deep into like the places you were in your life then that have been um dormant and like the things that were coming up that i wasn't like skilled enough to to like kind of understand then so I'm grateful for that card. Thank you for pulling that. And also just encouraging everyone listening to do some, you know, time travel in your brain and see what comes up. Mm -hmm. <sighs> um, thank you so much. This of has been course. great. Thank you. Um, do you want to share a hoary with our, our peoples? <sighs> There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a few that always stand out to me, but the one that really changed my life that put me on this path, and I actually have an ebook um, that I that I titled this, but um, the ebook was called "For Every Man That Doesn't Treat You Right, There's One That's Going to Eat a Cupcake Out Your Ass." You hear that? Wow! So I like that. The, the the very sexual affair that I had uh, whilst cheating on my ex husband. I remember the real turning point was like 
this man brought cupcakes and champagne and we had like a floor picnic and he was like, I'm gonna eat this cupcake out your ass. That just shifted something in me <laughs> for life where I was like, bitch, for every man that does not treat me right, there's a man who's gonna have a picnic in my ass. Um, so that would definitely be one that just shifted my whole perspective. I did have a memory the other day. We're talking about childhood memories. It sounds so bad, but like, you know, I, had, I started having sex fairly early, but I remember like on a school night, I think when I was like 15. Do you guys remember those like green inflatable chairs? The, the, the inflatable furniture that yes, everyone loved? Like, yeah. I, the other day I was just doing something random. I was like, why did this flashback? But I remember sneaking a boy in my room and like I tied him and blindfolded him to that chair with like, <laughs> with, like the black lights on and shit. I was like, was that a baby dungeon? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like really into that shit. Yeah. Like, I was like, who taught me that? And I was like, oh. So that would probably be another one. Not the inflatable chair, bitch. I mean, if you have questions, like, again, like, I have so many just, like, memories. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Not a baby dungeon. It was oh. a baby dungeon. <laughs> it was, like, you know, it was, like, the soft, inflatable furniture. <laughs> and I used to, like, like stalk their MSN. You remember MSN Messenger? Yes. Oh, so my God. Back they would tell you, like, what music they were playing. So I would, like, create a playlist. And they'd be like, oh, my God, how did you know that I love this song? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> You know, so I was like, oh, I was really like kind of in that like dark feminine energy from then. So, yeah, that was fun. I love that. Do you have any? I'm just curious. Do you have any stories about during your time in sex work? Like any sort of interesting or like, yeah, it could be requests. creepy or it could be creepy or kinky requests. that Yeah, came up? I, 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 so again, for psychological reasons, like I was very, I had boundaries around what types of fetishes that I did. Um, I had a man that used to pay me to blow up balloons topless. Huh. So like, you just like call me and be like, what color balloons do you want? And I'm like pink and black. And he would just pay me to blow them up and I would like pop them under his ass or like he brought birthday candles and like, I would like the birthday candles and like burn them on his nipples. Hmm. Um, I've had a man ask me to shove a heel How up his ass. He's so festive. Oh, I shove, would, a, I would, shove a heel yeah, up he his would, ass. Yeah, he bought me some- Was there lube involved? He didn't even want that. He bought me pink latex heels and he wanted me to shove them up his ass, but for just safety reasons, I'm like, I'm not comfortable doing that. So he like licked them. He would just like lick them and worship my feet. Um, I had, you know, people who liked tickling. So they like hold you down and tickle you. Um, they, they would tickle you. Yeah, I had a few times, and that was actually really good for me. Like, you know how, like you said, laughter's just so mm. healthy? Afterwards, I'd be like, that took a lot of trust for me. I wouldn't necessarily do it like the first time. Like, it, like we'd have to build trust. But I was like, that's just so much fun because like you don't realize how much you need that. Oh right. my god, that sounds traumatic for me. It I was hard hate, because the guy was strong. Too. I hate, hate. That might be like my biggest hate of all time. I More than second defeat. I hate being tickled. I don't tickled. usually like it, but it was fun. Like I get irate, like Do you think angry. Too like, much. I will beat your ass. Did you get too tickled as a child? I don't know what it is, but whenever a nigga thinks it's cute, I get mad, like very angry quickly. So remember we, we were, who did we have on that was it, who liked to be tickled? Um, come curious. Yeah, come curious. Yeah, I was like, bitch, this sounds traumatic. But I did, mommy play one time and i was actually kind of proud of myself did he have a like, diaper and things no so like he asked for mommy play and i was like how is he gonna do like how am i gonna do this like he asked for it like on the whim <laughs> and i was like fuck because he's a regular and so like he showed up late he was like 30 minutes late and like as soon as he like, came through the door i like got in character i was like 
who do you think you are coming in this house this time of day <laughs> and wasting you know so like i had some textbooks at the at the place i worked out of because someone wanted like you know like schoolgirl shit so i was like fold your clothes up on this chair put them over there and i was like go stand in that corner for 15 minutes and so he's 15 minutes late i made him stand in the corner holding the books up like this for 15 minutes in the corner <laughs> he loved it i love I it loved it i was like yes and you're like damn the time is up now bye bye <laughs> yeah so i didn't have anything like exceptionally crazy i really filtered it because you know fetish work gets complicated like i didn't go full fetish because you have people a lot of people like waste your time and just like email you and play games right so i kind of kept it like in light in the fetish i loved ball torture so like I had certain men that like paid me to slap them in the balls. Mm. And I'm like, this is like for every woman that's ever been done wrong, with <laughs> you know? Um, so that was fun. I can't really think of anything else that's too crazy. I mean, I, I had a few cross dressers. Like I remember it was, it was wild because he didn't tell me. So like, he was like, probably like in his fifties, like from up North, like real thick accent, older white man pulled up in a red Corvette. He's like, can I use the bathroom? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. And he comes out in like a purple corset, okay. pantyhose and a wig. He's like, do you think I'm pretty? And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, damn, I spent 60 racks to go to college and I'm here like <laughs> grown ass men, like they look pretty. And he's like, her name is Barbara. Not and Barbara. Yeah, her name was Barbara. So that was interesting. It was just like, but again like that space prepared me so much for just being accepting of human beings mm. and like where they're at because the scariest thing to me was that i had men that had wives that didn't know them mm, right i had some people that were honest i was like does your wife know this about you and they're like no and i'm like how can you sleep next to someone that doesn't know you wow that fear of like judged being judged me. yeah yeah that's it up again not being yeah. able to be your full self and at one time i had a this is not fetish but one time i had a man that had elephantitis like really of, big balls of the, yeah like and he didn't tell me so like when i flipped him over like it was just like a giant tumor mm. and it was literally like the elephant in the room it really was and he just talked around it he was like do you think i'm attracted so, but i'm like i have to hold space for this man because i'm sure he can't date regularly so i used i realized that he was using the service as a way to get the affection that he needed because he wasn't able to date regularly so that's where i really began to have a lot of empathy for sex workers and there's a really great movie called um the Sessions with Helen Hunt, mm -hmm. which is about being a sex surrogate, where she worked with a man who was a paraplegic mm -hmm. and he was a virgin and he wanted to explore his sexuality and try to get into dating and she would facilitate that space. So I don't know if you know that, like there's such thing as like a sex surrogate certification. Hmm. And I had a client of Is that legal in the United States? In a few states. Okay. Yeah. We actually only have like one or two here in Georgia. Okay. Um, but I had a client who told me about that because he was like, I'm concerned for your safety. He was like, you should try and do this legally. And I'm like, okay. But when I looked back at our email, because he has sent me all these references, I was so grateful because what he saw in me was now the business that I have now. Right. Mm -hmm. I just didn't see it yet. Right. Right. So, yeah. But nothing too wild and uh, wild and crazy. Well, those are interesting stories that I'm sure many people have never experienced and would be considered wild and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think it's really cool how, how the work that you've done in that space really did prepare you to humanize people and to really yeah. understand, you know, that ultimately at our core, we just want love, mm -hmm. whether safety. that's from ourselves, whether that's from other people and safety.
Yeah. So being able to provide spaces for for people and women it, like that is really important. So I'm I'm really grateful for the work that you do. Yeah, that was, I tell people all the time, like that's 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 where I learned how to be a safe space. Mm. You know, um, and sometimes sex work, uh, sex workers are the closest things that men are going to get to therapy. And I tell people all the time, like, we, you know, what if a lot of these things were legal and we could create in a way that it, it did help people because sometimes people need that form of therapy. But I was like, do you know how many marriages sometimes we save by dealing with your husband's darkness and sending him back to you? Yeah. So I always encourage people because I think that people think that sex workers are just like desperate addicts and stuff like that. And I've, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people be judgmental where I've worked with a lot of educated women in sex work. And I'm like, a lot of us have happy endings. Mm -hmm. We have happy endings and we have um, empowerment stories and we are multifaceted and all of us don't necessarily get into this just on pure survival. I was definitely spiritually aligned to go through that world by spirit in order to hold the type of space that I do now for darkness. And so I'm really grateful too, because more people need that acceptance, like you said, need that love in the world. Absolutely. That tantric speech, you know, the love, like no matter what, I don't care what, if you want to put on those pantyhose, I love you, Bob, or whatever the fuck your name is, yeah. you know, and like the, the fear too, like the fear that that breeds, like imagine laying down with someone every night and they like, there's just one thing that you love, but you can't, you don't feel like you can tell them that is a scary place to be. Or imagine you're the wife and you yeah. turn, open the door and your husband's in full fucking Purple corset. Yeah. And you're like, Hey, what the fuck? I think we got some shit to talk about, but it's the same thing as just like laying down with someone and not knowing who they are and like that's why accepting yourself is so important and showing up in your in your darkness and your light so that you can you know find partnership and friendship and tribe in that same space and you're not cloaked and trying to navigate all these different spaces and different rooms because you don't feel comfortable enough to do that well, thank you so much uh, for coming to join us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. We're going to stalk you. We're friends now. I, already, I know. I already stalked her. Yeah, I'm like, I got your number. So. She's on my algorithm. <laughs> I follow her and all your posts are always coming. I'm like, yes, this is morning thank with you. the Trap Witch. <laughs> Can you tell our people where they can find you? On Instagram, the Trap Witch. The Trap Witch. And make sure you go check out some of your courses. You still have available, yeah, right? I'm doing classes, master classes. I just did my Unbound Priestess master class. Uh, it was about, you know, beauty magic adornment, um, duality, all of these things. But yeah, I do courses. I'm going to be doing a lot more podcasts and getting on the road and doing in-person events and hopefully some retreats as well soon. Yeah. And you guys, if you are not on Patreon, make sure you go check out Patreon. We have a bonus episode with Tatiana where we're talking about that throat pussy. <laughs> so click the link in this episode description to check out um, this bonus episode, an extension of this episode on Patreon, plus a lot of other bonus content. Me and Mila have our personal blogs there. I share a lot more personal shit than I do on social medias. Um, we have other bonus uh, videos. And um, what else? Um, we have a retreat coming up in August of 2024 and it's almost sold out. So if you bitches are being last minute, stop. You have almost a year to pay that shit off. Come for your titties, do some cartwheels, hang out with us, eat good. Don't worry about anything. Make new friends um, and get in, you know, touch with your dark feminine. And if you're in LA on October 21st, come check us out. The tickets are in this episode description. Come hang out with me on my birthday. Make sure you subscribe to this channel on YouTube. Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't yet. And we'll see you next week. 
You know where to find us, Good Moms underscore Bad Choices, or our beautiful website, goodmomsbadchoices.com. Go look at it. <laughs> Bye. 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 